All right, today on Ableton Cast, I've got David Fotograf. Did I say it right? Or yeah, close? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's a real pleasure to have David on the show. I met David a few years ago just online on a Facebook, uh, like Keys, a Keys group. Um, and so it's been really cool to watch and kind of see what David and his company are doing. Um, I'll let David add to this shortly, but I just want to say there's going to be probably a fair bit of talk about uh, churches, music in churches. I just want to encourage people, if you don't play in church, if you don't go to church, don't worry, I don't want you to shut off because there's going to be so much good stuff. And like David's product, yes, it is geared towards, I think, people who do play in church, but really it's just like the sounds are sounds that you could use in any like modern pop production. They're great. So don't shut off. There's so much good stuff to listen to. So David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I love what you're doing. I'm excited to talk all things Ableton Live today. So David, I don't know where you want to start. Uh, Usually I just love to ask people how they got started with Ableton, really. Man, so I took a, I started with maybe Ableton Live 6 a long time ago. I, I, like many people, I think probably had like a live light license that came with a MIDI controller. Uh, and that was sort of the gateway that got me in the door. Back then, I think I was just a kid in high school trying to record, you know, like scratch tracks in my bedroom. <laughs> so my first experience with live was using it as a DAW. And so I would record eight tracks at a time and then I'd bounce them down to one and then I'd record seven more tracks and then yeah. I'd bounce that down to one again so I could you know multi-track as much as I needed um, so I, I initially used live as a DAW way back it was my very first introduction to any sort of real pro level recording software or performance software played around with session view for a bit back then but I mostly was just recording um, then years later, I got into other uh, more performance-based software. Uh, was a big Reason user for a while. When I would play keys live, I was using Reason. Found my way around to Apple Mainstage, Logic Pro, and then finally, over the last several years, have kind of come full circle back around to uh, catching up with what people have been doing with Ableton Live. Um, since, you know, five versions back now um, and have really enjoyed seeing all the progress that the developers at Ableton have made, seeing even more than that, what the community of Ableton Live users has brought to the product in, in terms of creativity and sound design and all that stuff. So now uh, most of my work in Ableton Live is focused on live keyboard performance so it's a lot of session view based stuff um, trying to help people pull off really complex uh, synth parts programming parts uh, while still feeling like they have control over the way that they're using this tool live have the flexibility um, and some of the power and automation that Ableton Live is really excellent at kind of holding those two things in tension at the same time um, so it's a lot of fun that that was a lot of information, but that's it in a nutshell, I think. Uh, yeah. And I mean, one of the reasons why 
I wanted to have you on the show is because for years, like myself and so many of my friends seem like they kind of do the same thing. Uh, they have like Ableton Live Suite and on top of Live Suite, they're having to get like Omnisphere, Keyscape, all the native instruments, pianos and all this other stuff. And it's great and it sounds awesome. Uh, it really does. But what I love, what I've seen from David's company is that they made it so easy. And for people who don't have the budget right away for Omnisphere, for all the native instrument stuff, they can get up and running with awesome sounds. Because that was the thing I started with, like Ableton, like live intro and then going up to standard. And in my opinion, even though the program is awesome, they don't have a lot of like great sounds to for like mm. you know it's not really easy and intuitive to find great sort of like you know pad sounds and stuff the way that in my opinion that logic is so when i saw it with david and his sure. team were doing i was like man these guys have got it down and not only does it work of course in like it works in live suite it works in standard and it works in flipping ableton intros like i can't believe it <laughs> it's just what you guys have done i think it's just like a game changer Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we kind of, uh, as a company, our, our name is Sunday Sounds, and we came around to Ableton Live because we built uh, our main user base uh, were folks that were using MainStage and Logic Pro. And as you said, those products have pretty expansive factory preset libraries. I mean, Probably the, some of the biggest factory libraries out there of any DAW or, or plugin. There's so many sounds in there. Um, and so what we brought to the table for MainStage and Logic users starting out was uh, a lot of curation, right? I mean, MainStage, Logic come with 5,000 patches, 5,000 sample sets. And we would filter that down and point people to the ones that were the most ready for uh, like a live performance context for maybe specific to a church or a house of worship or even to a, a cover band or, a, you know, a, a, like a live performance context. So as we built our audience there, we started to come across more and more people who said, we really want that same sort of experience, this curated, ready-to-play sound experience, but we want it enabled to live. So uh, really quickly realized, yeah, that there's this big gap between functionality, which is great in every version of Ableton, and how ready to play the library is. That Suite, Suite has excellent sounds, but it's, it's quite an investment. So what we tried to do um, was give people access to really great sounds like they could get in MainStage or Logic Pro without necessarily having to jump right to Live Suite. So we took tons of custom sounds that we had designed for MainStage, for Logic Pro, and took a lot of time to sample them or to resample them and convert them into an Ableton Live format. Um, and as you said, even uh, converting down to Ableton Live intro-friendly, uh, simpler format so that people can get those sounds um, that might not be present in Live's factory library, um, even if they don't have Suite. So, which presents some some fun challenges, but the end result, hopefully, is that people don't feel like if they're just getting started out or uh, they maybe just want to stick with standard for a while, they don't have to feel like they're missing out on having great sounds available to them. Yeah. 
Now I know you've got the, I think it's, is it the Sunday Upright and the Sunday Grand? Mm-hmm. I wondered, are you able to sort of like mention sort of like uh, what that process was like of trying to like kind of sample those, and come up with those? Yeah, so Sunday Keys is our sort of core flagship product that comes with a, 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 a huge library of sounds. Uh, many of them are custom sample based. Um, the Sunday Upright and the Sunday Grand, we actually worked with a really well-respected uh, sample library producer in the general production industry that I can't disclose. Sure, yeah. Um, to uh, to get people access to some really well-articulated and deeply sampled pianos that they really wouldn't be able to get their hands on for this price point otherwise. Um so that's a little bit of a vague answer, maybe not great podcast material, but no, no, it's good. these pianos sound really great um, and we're able to provide them to people in this package, the Sunday Keys template, um, in ways that folks wouldn't be able to get otherwise, which is a really cool opportunity that, um, that I, I think is a really, uh, oh, I think it's just one of, the, one of the cool things we're able to do when we have a resource and a community around a product like Sunday Keys that is sort of really telling us what they need more of and sort of steering the ship in terms of where they feel the gaps are, where they'd like more resources and more sounds. And that gives us direction so we can know that these things are worth seeking out, building relationships and trying to bring to the table. So you can get a really great piano sound, even in Ableton Live intro, uh, without having to go out and buy very expensive third-party plugins. Yeah. And uh, I can just say, like, from uh, my own personal experience, like, you know, if you get Sunday Keys, it doesn't just stop there. Like, Sunday Keys, David and his team, they've got so many amazing, like, videos, tutorials, which I found incredibly helpful. And like, oh, that's how you do that. And they just make it so easy. So there's, like, so much training that they offer as well. So it's not like you're just, like, buying a product and that's it. You don't have to, like search YouTube to try and find somebody else who might be like reviewing this, who doesn't really know what they're talking about. Like David and the team, they know this product inside and out and they've got tons of videos and it's just incredibly helpful. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, um, it's really easy for me to be excited about because, you know, like I can, it's so easy for me to say, like I've struggled with this for for years, it's like I've always loved Ableton. Obviously, I do the podcast on it. Uh, you know, it's rock solid, great for backing tracks. Um, but I haven't always been able to kind of like recommend it to people who want to use it for like, you know, using it live for for keyboards because I haven't, I don't think it's quite as easy, you know, as like mains. It's really, it's been a hard push for me to push Ableton over main stage because main stage is like so visual it's so easy to kind of like see what's going on if something goes mm -hmm. wrong in the live setting it's a lot easier to kind of like problem solve and figure out what just went wrong um but yeah just the way that you guys have kind of laid out everything and all the tutorial videos that you guys have uh yeah makes it a really easy sell for me easy for me to say yeah guys you need to check this out this is a game changer well thanks kevin i really appreciate that um people always ask us if they should pick ableton live or main stage if they're wanting to maybe put together a keys rig for the first time and 
you know, I think that's a great question. Maybe we could talk about that question real quick because I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all solution. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe, you know, it's probably fair to assume if people are listening to this podcast, they've already made their choice. Um, but I, I think that for, for folks who do uh, gravitate towards Ableton Live, you're, uh, a lot of your listeners probably, I think, are doing so for savvy reasons, right? There's some thing or collective of things that Ableton Live does either better or more elegantly or uh, maybe just flat out that Mainstage can't do. So um, in our experience at Sunday Sounds, when people find Ableton Live to be a a better fit for them, it's oftentimes because they need uh, some of the more DAW-like control that Ableton Live can give folks, whether that's you know, automating uh, parameters or patch changes or effect changes, or like you mentioned, running backing tracks and keys parts um, right alongside each other. Um, question for you. Do you feel that uh, the folks that are your primary listeners, how many of them as a percentage are kind of tapping into the keys side of what Ableton Live can do? Oh, that's a good That's a good question. I I feel like... A lot of people, if I had, I don't know exactly, but I feel like it's probably, you know, like 60, 60% are probably using it, you know, for like running backing tracks, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, mm-hmm. the drummer or the MD of the band uh, yeah. is using it for backing tracks. And then that other 40% would be using it for, you know, for, for keys as well. And maybe any, any other instruments. Well, you know, with with Ableton Link, it really makes it easy for folks to sort of build out an onstage ecosystem, even if they want some redundancy or multiple devices with drummer or, you know, bass player, whoever running tracks, linking up to the keys rig and have those things really yeah. clearly communicate back and forth. That's one thing. I mean, main, main stage has nothing on the ability to build out like your whole band around this platform. Yeah. Um, and that's a real strength that Mainstage just isn't focused on, but Ableton Live can really deliver some powerful networked solutions to be able to um, automate what you need to automate and have real-time control uh, over whatever you need real-time control over. Yeah, I think if you're dealing, if you want to do anything sort of like arpeggiated or anything sort of like rhythmic live, then Ableton is is the way to go. One of my first guest um, on the podcast is a guy named Cy Francis and Cy uh, plays with a pop artist named Ellie Golding not sure if you've mm-hmm. heard, heard of her yeah. in, in America but they were using Mainstage and I think that was one of the main problems was you know they were, when they came to sort of like arpeggiators and stuff like that they just couldn't really get them to sync or they weren't syncing on the downbeat and so then everything with Ableton just made that so much easier and yeah I think that's uh, probably one of the most common reasons we see people preferring live as well it, it, either they they want to be the master clock source or they're trying to connect to an existing track rig on another computer running live yeah um, and link makes that work flawlessly every time uh, for main stage users that want to sync up in those ways they have to play in time 
which yes, exactly. Which you know we hope we kind of hope for that anyway. But Ableton Live, especially when you've got really complex time-based stuff, it can make those things a little bit easier to feel like you're able to sit in the pocket, r- lower the stakes a little bit. Um, it takes some effort to set up those systems and get all of that locked in, but once you do get it programmed, it's going to work, right? That's sort of the the whole value proposition of Ableton Live. It might not be the quickest thing to get done, but once it's done, it's going to work every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I wondered uh, if you had many thoughts on sort of using your product uh, in session view versus using it in arrangement view. Uh, yeah, on on using Sunday keys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, for us, uh, we don't tell people which way to go. It, it really depends on the band context. So uh, we kind of break it down to two main archetypes. If you are somebody that needs to script things out uh, at a high level, whether that's running tracks or sending lighting cues or maybe lyric automation, uh, if that's what you're going to be relying on your rig partially for, then arrangement view, we think, makes the most sense because that timeline is analogous to what you're actually going to be doing in the moment, right? You've got four songs, five minutes long each, and this is over these 20 minutes, here's what's going to happen. So arrangement view in my opinion, and kind of what we tell people at Sunday Sounds, if you need that level of pre-programming, I think Arrangement View handles that really well. And the other archetype we think is sort of the the people that have a a general set list, uh, but they're not necessarily doing quite as much automation in the moment. Um, They want a little bit more of a palette of sounds. Um, And that's uh, what we, we point people towards Session View there. And Sunday Keys comes with a big instrument bank, a bunch of uh, ready-to-play patches, but also comes with session view preloaded with clips that will fire off those different patches in real time. So you can either use master scenes to call up a whole uh, patch full of individual sounds, or you can just, you know, fire any sound at any time and have it ready to play. Um, so we, we, I think for the church context that we generally focus on, a lot of times people are in that more, uh, we have a general game plan, but we're going to figure it out on Sunday morning sort of mentality. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of a lot of folks that, you know, play Friday night, Saturday night cover bands. They also need that kind of flexibility um, to be able to just kind of go where the set is going or where a song is going. Um you know, I think it, it just depends on what your needs are. Um, and then folks that are, you know, using Ableton Live in a recording context, in a studio context, um, then it really just becomes about the instrument bank and how you can tap into that to find the sounds that you're looking for. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, it does for sure. What what uh, what do you use? What view do you use when you're performing live? Well, I mean, to be honest, this is... It's like I've I've been a, a main stage user when it comes to running running my keys. And oh, this is confession time. This is confession time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I, I might lose fifty percent of my uh, listeners right here. Just but, start uh, a companion podcast. Yeah, uh, I've used main stage. Uh, yeah, for keys live, just because, like I said, I find it so helpful to be able to kind of completely customize the screen you know i can add as many knobs and sliders and buttons to match whatever controller i'm i'm using which has been 
been really great. And yeah, if there is a problem then that I encounter, which I rarely have when I'm playing live, um, then I can kind of usually see what's happening pretty quickly. But yeah, it's really just been in the last couple months since I really discovered what uh, you and your team have been doing that I've been actually thinking about. Um, I don't know if I'd say I'm thinking about fully making the jump, but I've certainly been, yeah, thinking about it like way more and than I ever have before and thinking about actually the next time I go out again live, if I ever go out again live, <laughs> that maybe I might sort of actually look, still have maybe one machine with uh, running main stage in the beginning and then one with Ableton so that mm. I still kind of have my safety net to begin with. Um, it's an interesting dynamic we run into that people come to us and they pick a software and they start with it and then sometimes people will transition it seems like we run into a decent number of people who start with main stage for the a lot of the reasons you're mentioning it's really visual you know it's it's sort of a, got a nice hierarchy things are kind of pretty easy to look at and understand and, and troubleshoot we run into a decent number of people who feel like over time as they want to do more of the complex programming stuff that Ableton Life seems like maybe a challenge but sort of the way to accomplish some of that more complicated stuff yeah um and to, I always ask people when they when they bring that up in conversation or when they reach out to us via our website, you know, whether like taking on that challenge is going to be worth the results that they're going for. Like, do you need to automate your mod wheel as an example? Like, or yeah. do you like if if you need to if you need to write autom automation for your mod wheel for every song for the rest of forever, is that extra time and effort worth? the outcome it's going to give you or do you want to just keep doing that manually and not have to worry about it during yeah. preparation I think that's one area where I wish Ableton Live had a little bit more robust functionality is sort of in uh, you can create a, a great looking template sort of you know a bunch of clips in session view and a lot of really great programming but it's not very portable in the same way that a main stage patch can be saved exported and dropped into another main stage concert and be ready to go yeah so you have to sort of commit to the way you're going to use ableton live if you're going to set up a real strong keys workflow and then sort of iterate off of that set for the rest of forever kind of so what, what we see people do is they'll create a master set with all of their midi learning in there all of their racks in place and then Anytime they're preparing for a set, the first thing they do is duplicate it and then remove all the stuff they know they don't need for that particular performance, which is it's just sort of the opposite way that like a main, a main stage user is going to start with something empty and add stuff in and an Ableton Live user is probably going to start with something really full yeah, and then just reduce until it's where it needs to be for a given set. Yeah. Man, like I said, I'm uh, a real big fanboy. Of, of what you guys are doing <laughs> so it's really easy for me to just like keep on saying that because I just like look back at like my journey with Ableton and again it was just you know struggling looking at like the sort of stock sounds going mm. through the stock pad sounds and just like thinking there's like nothing here I can use or if there is something here it's just kind of okay so yeah again just to hear what you guys have have done is awesome 
Oh, thanks, man. You might, you know, going out on tour and playing some of the same songs out of a big pool, you might be able to set up a good master set, you know, and be able to just drag scenes around. Yeah. Um, to really pull those parts out pretty quickly. Um, yeah, for sure. A question I always like to ask people is, you know, where can people find you? Just both kind of like personally and professionally online. Where can they find you and follow you? Sure. Yeah. So our website is uh, sundaysounds.com. And uh, right at the top, if you go to the homepage, you'll see a little area that says free. So for Ableton Live users, we release a new uh, free Ableton Live patch. Uh, every Wednesday. Um, there's a big library. We've got over a hundred existing free patches, all key sounds uh, for Ableton Live users. So uh, that's a great place to start just to kind of get a taste of what we're trying to do in making, uh, just kind of opening up uh, the factory sound library in Ableton Live and bringing new sounds to the table without having to spend a bunch of money. So those are all free. Um, people can check that out. And then if uh, they want something with uh, a huge ready-to-play library of sounds and, and even a, a sort of a dedicated way to play them live, like a template, um, we have our Sunday Keys template for Ableton Live. Um, that comes with, I think it's like six gigabytes of samples now, several custom pianos, custom string samples, lots of uh, vintage analog synths. You've got DX7 EPs, MKS20 EPs in there, lots of stuff that we've sort of worked hard to acquire and, and transfer or uh, sample into Ableton Live format. Um, so if you're a live musician or a producer and you want to bring some new sounds into your rig, um, Sunday Keys is a great way to do that. So sundaysounds.com is the best place to go. Um, and then we've got some more information on other ways you can connect with us, link to our Facebook group, to our email list. Um, all over there. Um, we also put out uh, Ableton Live video tutorials pretty often, uh, kind of focused on sound design or managing like patch changes, using Ableton Live's audio and MIDI effects. Um, all that can be found on the website too if you just head over to the blog area. Some of my favorites, a uh, smash piano. If you want to know how to get the smash piano sound. Yeah, that's a good one. Shimmer reverb, octave piano. All these great things that, yeah, that you guys take videos on. I love it. We also put out a real fun one on how to get uh, chord triggers in Ableton Live using MIDI effects. Uh, that's been a much requested one where you're able to program really big chords to single notes, something that's really easy to do in main stage and is pretty hard to do in Ableton Live. So we put together a tutorial and actually a download uh, MIDI effect rack that people can grab for free to hopefully make that process uh, pretty painless as well. Yeah, that one's been a game changer for me. Again, yeah, thank you. Nice, that's great. Cool. David, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you about already? Are you using Ableton Live 11 yet? <laughs> um, I'm not, actually. I had the I had the beta, uh, so I was able to okay. test it, the beta, and there are some, I think there's some exciting things in there, and I do think it's worth upgrading to. Um the one particular thing like for me that I really love is that you can now have the um, uh, follow follow actions on the master scene. So I think mm, that's yep. just for somebody who's kind of like 
run backing tracks and help set up backing tracks rigs and stuff for people who want to use it in session view i think that's going to be a lot easier make your live set you know a lot more seamless yeah i I was really excited to see that added in as well especially for the session view track folks i think macro presets will end up being a really cool feature long term too just to be able to we work in instrument racks to pull off these sounds um but you're always making tweaks and then wondering you know what it was like when you started and to be able to recall you know any particular settings for those macros i think will be a really cool feature for folks that are maybe leaning more towards the keys or the sound design space where you're always tweaking those macros and to have different home bases for them i think will save a lot of time and copy pasting or undoing yeah um, to get back where you started so how many different versions of ableton do you have to own to sort of make sure your stuff works then oh man right now we're still supporting live nine uh so my uh, my menu bar has four versions on it nine yeah. intro nine suite 10 suite 11 suite right now um but uh, I'm always I'm always kind of the guy that stays like a full version behind whatever everybody else is using because I yeah. feel like I can just count on it, you know. So yeah, I sure. think I'm we're mostly kind of still sticking to Live Ten um, with some some Live Nine compatibility, just because there's no reason not to. But I think eventually, you know, pretty pretty soon, over the next six months, as Live Eleven keeps getting more stable, there's some real compelling reasons for people to consider updating and seeing all the new stuff that's been added. So, pretty cool update. Yeah, for sure. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's it's a real pleasure. Thank you.